hey, I, I came in this morning. I didn't get the mail yesterday. I got the mail. In the mail was our final mission-giving report for 2020 from Springfield, where our headquarters are. Are you ready for this? In amidst a COVID year, First Assembly of God had its highest missions giving ever. We were recorded last year for giving $192,291.86 for the cause of missions. $192,000. I believe next year we're going to break the $200,000 mark for the cause of missions. And that is incredible in a COVID year. I want to share a joy with you that took place in my life this week uh, from one of our other missionaries down in Haiti. Uh, Sophia sent me this little video of her goddaughter. The missionaries that she works with, she is a godmother to their youngest daughter. And, well, just, you, it speaks for itself. Oh, Got to put the sound on, please, on the computer. Got it? Thank you. All right, one more try. Here we go. You may have to call it again for. It's my my clicker's froze, so. I have a new fan down in Haiti. And as Sophia was watching church online, her goddaughter just kept saying, Bravo, Pastor, bravo, 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 Pastor. And, and as I saw that, I, I gave a message to Sophia, and I texted her back. I said, now, if only I can get my congregation to be that excited. <laughs> bravo. Well, last week we talked about Paul and Silas as they were on their second missionary journey. And they were in Thessalonica. And they were accused of being men who were turning the world upside down. And in light of the Great Commission of making disciples of all nations and preaching the gospel to everyone, literally the accusation that was made against them of turning the world upside down in light of the Great Commission actually becomes a compliment. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here and that which was an accusation became a compliment. As I looked at this verse in Acts 17, I thought to myself, 
What did they do to earn this reputation of being accused, but yet receiving it as a compliment of turning the world upside down? What did they do to earn this reputation? And I started to read Thessalonians. Because after Paul left Thessalonica, he, he writes a letter. And in, second, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul just summarizes his ministry. And as I started to read the first 12 verses, I, I stopped and I reread them and I reread them again. And all of a sudden, I saw seven traits, seven characteristic traits that earned them the compliment of turning the world upside down. Now, when I say seven traits, I saw some of you looking at your watches, and we're not going to do all seven today. Don't worry about it. It's a, a two-parter. But this is the first trait that I took note of that earned them the reputation of turning the world upside down. They were faithful despite opposition. Paul writes to that church at Thessalonica, You know, brothers, that our visit to you, it wasn't a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted, assaulted in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel. We know gospel is what? Good news. We dared to tell you his good news in spite of strong opposition. Now, how many are aware of spiritual warfare? As Jesus is not willing that any should perish but all come to him. There is his adversary, the devil, who doesn't want anyone to go to Jesus. In fact, Jesus reminded us in John 10, 10, how the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You're going to have to advance the slides for me because the clicker is not working. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Peter reminds us, be self-controlled, alert. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. As the message of Jesus Christ, the good news is presented there is an adversary that doesn't want that good news proclaimed. And this is the opposition that Paul and Silas were facing, even in Thessalonica, despite strong opposition. They were faithful to the cause despite the difficulties. Now, I need to remind you in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, on their second missionary journey, were trying to preach the, the good news in Asia. 
But there's an interesting verse. It says, being kept by the Holy Spirit from doing so. They were kept from, by the Holy Spirit from preaching in Asia. So that night, Paul, in a vision, sees a man from Macedonia crying, come over and help us. Please help us. Come over and help us. Paul wakes up in the morning, recognize that it's the Spirit of God calling him to Macedonia. So now, when God calls and you follow, what's your expectations? If I'm doing what God has called me to do, well then, you think that everything's going to be smooth, everything's going to be great, Everything will be wonderful because as I'm following the Lord in the call that he has upon me, we just expect everything to be great. They get to Philippi. They win a few women to the Lord. They cast the demon, the, an evil spirit out of this servant girl. There's a mob that's formed, a riot Paul and Silas are arrested. Scripture says they're severely flogged and they're put in prison. But in the midnight hours, as they're singing praises to the Lord, faithful despite opposition, an earthquake comes, a jailer and his family are saved. The next morning, Paul and Silas are released and basically kicked out of town. So they go to Thessalonica. And the ministry is prospering for about the first three weeks. They have some converts. They have some predominant women. They have some Gentiles, Greeks that have been saved. But all of a sudden the, the Jewish leaders become jealous. They form a mob. There's a riot in Thessalonica. They're, they're, they're trying to arrest Paul and Silas, but somehow Paul and Silas escape. They go to the house where they thought they were staying, to the house of Jason. They take Jason and some of his companions. They drag them out. They have them locked up. They have to post bail. It costs them money. Paul and Silas then go to Berea. Things are going well there for about a week. But then all of a sudden, some of the men from Thessalonica hear that they're in Berea. They go to Berea, and before you know it, there's a riot in Berea, and Paul and Silas are kicked out of there. All of a sudden, come on, don't you think Paul and Silas are scratching their heads, thinking to themselves, maybe we didn't hear the call of God. But listening, listen, following the call of God doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect, smooth, and wonderful. There's going to be opposition. But we find out that they were faithful in spite of opposition. Which earned them the compliment that these men are turning the world upside down for Jesus. I can't believe that this, this week, actually, last week, I started my 27th year here in Freehold. It's hard to believe. Thanks, guys. And it's been long enough where I can tell this story. I remember 
having an interview, a five-hour interview with the church board, with Brother Beretta. Remember Brother Beretta? And after that five-hour interview, we informed the board that we would be a candidate to be here. And after the interview, there was about a week and a half, two weeks before we actually came to preach. Well, we went back home to Clifton, and within that two-week period, it started. Phone calls. I get a phone call from a friend, a friend who's a minister. He says, hey, Jeff. I go, hey. I'm not going to tell the person. He says, hey, I, I hear that you're considering going to Freehold. Yeah, very excited. Do you really know what you're getting into? And he starts telling about some of the problems. Well, thank you for your concern. A couple days later, I get another call from another fellow minister who was very familiar with the whole history at Freehold. He had me on the phone for an hour. Literally, when I was done, I was still up in my bedroom. I remember it like yesterday. My wife comes up, she goes, who was that? What's wrong? As I'm on the bed in fetal position, are you sure we're hearing from God about this? And then, you know, there's a couple from up north who's been coming down to this freehold area to seek counseling. And this couple says to this counselor, we have friends who are going to come and be candidates at Freehold. And the counselor says to our friends, do they know what they're getting into? But let me tell you something. When you're faithful to the call of God, despite the opposition, God will be faithful to you. He'll be faithful to you. And despite the opposition, when you hear the call of God and you respond to the call of God, it doesn't mean everything's going to be smooth. It doesn't mean everything's going to be wonderful. It doesn't always mean things are going to be great. But as you're faithful, in spite of the opposition, God will always prove himself faithful. Secondly, They were, they had this, this trait that they knew that the message that they gave was a trustworthy message. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our heart. Paul is saying to the church at Thessalonica, our message is true. It's not from error. Our message is pure. It's not from impure motives. Our message is honest. We're not trying to trick you. And the message of Jesus Christ, the good news, is trustworthy. It's been entrusted to us. Let us never forget 
that we only have one message, and it's the good news of Jesus Christ. I like the way Paul puts it to the church at Corinth. We preach Christ crucified. And in context, in the context, this is, this is how this came about. He says, the Jews are, are looking for a sign. Moses did miracles. And, and Paul's probably are scratching his head. You guys missed it because Jesus did miracles. The Judaizers were trying to please the Jews by saying, with following Christ, you still have to be circumcised. And then you had the Greeks who sought wisdom. And it's like Paul put his foot down. I don't care what others are saying. If they're looking for miracles, if they're working for wisdom, or they're looking to please people, as for me, we will preach Christ and him crucified. That's all that's needed. And how many know that the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified is the only message we need? Jesus is still the answer for this world. For the world's problems and all its difficulties. Why? Because it's true. It's pure. It's honest. And the message of Christ and Him crucified is trustworthy. How do I know it's trustworthy? Let me ask you this question. If your life has been changed as a result of this gospel, would you stand to your feet if you're able? Would you stand to your feet if this message, this good news has transformed your life? Now, why do we do missions? Why do we support missionaries? Because there's a lot more people in this world who need to be standing with you. Because we have the answer, and it's Jesus Christ. You may be seated. It's a trustworthy message. And because it's a trustworthy message, they earned that compliment of turning the world upside down. The next trait that I saw was this trait of a clear conscience. This is, this is one that's kind of interesting. Paul says to them, you, you know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask. Well, they'd be in trouble today, wouldn't they? We, we didn't put on a mask to cover up our greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for the, the praise of man. Not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we, we could have been a burden to you. What, what was he saying? Paul is saying, we did not use our personal ministry we did not use ministry for personal gain. What's the number one complaint against the church by outsiders in the world? All the church is interested in is your money. But you know what's so funny? 
2,000 years ago, the complaint was the same. Ah, the apostles are here. Ah, Paul is here. The evangelist showed up. The missionaries here. And all they want is your... And Paul says, listen, we could have been a burden to you, but we weren't. We, we didn't use ministry for personal gain. We can go to bed at night and we have a clear conscience. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I've talked to a lot of missionaries. And not ever once has any one of them told me how they were going to be the next guest on the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Never once have I heard a missionary complain about finances. You know what they say? Missionaries will always tell you, when they're on the field, they're rich. They're looked upon as being rich. In a third world country, missionaries, we're treated among the elite. We're rich. We come home, and we're the poor. But never once is it about money. It's always about the message that needs to be given to the lost and dying world. That's our missionaries. And I'll tell you what, I, there, I, when I think of our missionaries, I think of how talented how gifted, how dedicated, how hardworking. And a lot of times when I see our missionaries, I'm thinking, boy, they could be making a whole lot more money if they weren't a missionary. But it's never about personal gain. It's about reaching a lost world for Jesus Christ. They have a clear conscience. Last, let me move on here. A gentle spirit. Now, who's writing to the church at Thessalonica? It's Paul. But we were gentle. And I'm like, what? Because I don't equate gentleness with Paul. When I think of Paul, I think of someone who is strong, who's impassioned. I think of one who is just so committed, so zealous, so... Boom! In your face! And when I read that we were gentle, I don't think of Paul in the terms of being gentle. And listen to what he says. But we were gentle among you, and then he gives this word picture. Like a mother caring for her little children. 
Now, in the original language, it's a little bit more descriptive. It's literally the picture of a mother nursing her child. Paul says we were gentle among you like a mother nursing her child. And what Paul is saying, we gave of ourselves. We gave from ourselves so that you could be strong. A mother gives of herself. She gives from herself so that her child could be nurtured. For that child to receive strength. And Paul is saying, like a mother nursing her child, we were gentle among you and we gave of ourselves. We gave from ourselves so that you could be nourished. So that you could be strengthened. So that you could be strong. So that you could grow. That's how they earned the title of turning the world upside down. So I went through these four traits that earn them the accusation or the compliment of turning the world upside down. And I said, Lord, this is, this is great. But how does this apply to us today? What is it that you're saying to the church today? Well, we need to be gentle. We need to have a clear conscience. We can't be in it for ourselves. We have to know that this message is trustworthy. We have to be faithful despite opposition. But I said, Lord, what's it say to us on this second Sunday in March? And this is what I believe the Lord said to me. Among you, are people who are facing oppositions. Among you are people who are going through adversity. Among you are people who are going through a difficult time. That's some of us, isn't it? And there are those in the church who are gentle, that will come up to you, who will come up behind you, and they will strengthen and nourish them with their prayers. Got it? Pastor Bonnie, you can come. Jeff, this is a trustworthy message. And Jesus is still the answer for any difficulty, problem, circumstance, adversity, opposition today. Would you stand to your feet with me?
you're going through a difficult time right now, an adversity, you just feel like you're in spiritual warfare up against opposition. You, you want to be faithful, but pastor, it's so hard in dealing what I'm dealing right now to remain faithful, to be faithful. I know that there are those here this morning who are hurting. But Jesus Christ offers hope. You're here this morning. You're hurting. You're facing opposition. You're facing adversity. You're just going through a very difficult season in your life. Would you just step out from where you're standing right now? Make your way to this altar. Because in a few moments... You will be surrounded by people who care, who are gentle, and through their prayers, they will nourish and strengthen you, I believe. That's what's going to turn the world upside down. As Pastor Bonnie starts to sing, if God's calling you right now just through a very difficult time, would you just... Step out from where you're standing and make your way to this altar. Thank you, Lord. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And I